Martin and Gates, they bridging the gap. From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map. Ball is life, and that's a fact. And a ball is life, about that exact. King and Gates, they bridging the gap. From the US to Dubai, put pins on the map. There's a time to score and a time to assist. Ain't no YN team, let the winning commence. From generation to generation, game don't stop. The new and old school got the game on lock. It's all legendary, it's all necessary. We all been all stars before February. And after that, King and Gates, after Rex, we're really trying to get some wins. BTG Nation, you know, I cut the intro a little short today. Because we, I, I saved the show, guys. I saved the show, man. You know, I hope this is one of those episodes where if I get patted on the back by coach instead of the breakdown, here we go. Yeah, Listen, we going places. We going places. All right, BTT Nation, you know, the crew is back, back in action. What's up, Illy, man? Look, it's different. You see, the energy is different. It's different. This is real marble, by the way, guys, just so you guys know. It's real marble. Um, we're here live from Dubai. As you guys know, Hoop Mountain Dubai, that's our love child. That's our project. Um, shout out to our Hoop Stars and HMD family. Um, OG, Ryan Yates. We got the triple OG. Well, just the the, the double OG here. <laughs> and JK. And then you guys see I got the, the big fella here. We'll give him an introduction in a minute. But um, you guys know where to find us. Hoop Mountain Dubai. Hoop Mountain DXB on Instagram. HoopMountain.ae online. Like, subscribe, comment, all that good stuff. BTG Media Presents on YouTube. You guys know where to find us. All right. This is a special episode. As you guys see here, we have new digs, as the OGs would say. We got new energy. And so let me start by saying thank you to our partners and our friends at the First Collection Hotel and JVC. Come to the First Collection, you're going to get first class everything. And so shout out to Steven, David, Monty, Adam, Sunday. Shout out to all of you guys and thank you. Um, this is where we are filming. This is our new show, our new you gotta, spot. You got to hit the button. Gotta, yeah, I, I, I got to do them. I got to do them. You got to hit the button. Look. That's so disrespectful yeah. for you, you say something listen, like that. Listen, just understand. New exclusive. Man, shit ain't got serious. There we go. Yes, there we go. It's real serious. And so shout out to them. You'll see a lot from them. Um, big supporters. Thank you guys. And as you guys know, we started this from the from the basement pretty much. We 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 were sharing the recorder. Uh, we were sharing the recorder. Right. I had a recorder to my voice here. Coach King would be sitting in his room on the side with the uh the lavalier thing on. Sometimes it worked, sometimes it didn't. And we just making it happen. Did and here we are. Did he wear the hat then? Uh, yeah, he yeah. still always had the hat. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. He always had it. Well, and just so everybody knows, when we started in my apartment, remember. I wasn't gonna buy curtains for my, my yeah, living room. Yeah. I had to buy curtains for the sound. For the sound. So and I, so I had to go to Dragon Mart, man. Y'all know Dragon Mart. Yeah. You know, that's not a place to be. You know what I'm saying? I used five hours of walking right there. <laughs> and then so I bought the curtains because I was sacrificed for the team. Listen, and the sound still was trash, was but the, we kept going. It was better. It was better. <laughs> <laughs> we kept going. And here we are, three seasons later. Um, I gotta see what number episode it is in totality. But episode 15, and 15 is always when we do something transcending for the pod. Yes. 15 for season one was when we went from only audio to audio and video. Okay. 15 season two, that's when we had this, this special with TRP, TR Pratt. And now here we are, new location. And then we made a call. 
We got him on the Emirates in business class. We told him we need you, big guy. We know the schedule is tight. We know the NBA got you going all over the place. We know you're finding the next, the next great hope in, in Africa. But I need you, huh? I need you. So sitting to my left is what we call the bookend. You guys already know what Coach King has meant to me. And you guys see it. This is the, the right side. But this right here, this is before Coach. This is the foundation. This is the, the bookend. This is my Uncle Roe. Rolling Houston. Let me give you guys a, a round of applause. <laughs> breaking it down. So Uncle Roe is here, fresh off the plane from from Angola. You know, he gave us a a, a layaway. We got him a layaway yep. from from before he went to uh, Senegal. So Unc, man, how you feeling? Man, so good to be here with you guys in Dubai. You know, you, Coach King, we go way back. Man. I've been trying to get here, but uh, yeah. COVID kept me from getting here. And uh, you made the call, and now I'm here. We're making it happen. Yeah, first class flight. We we sure. booked it in. We saved up the ducats, and we yeah. got them on the plate. <laughs> yeah, Hoop Mountain does not play around. We don't play. this travel. It's BTG, baby. We combined it. We got them here, and then we got them standing at their first collection. And so this is this is true. I'm, I'm kidding about the flight, but we did set up the room. Thank you for it's, that. Shout out. Shout out. <laughs> People are going to be like, yo, what's going on? But no, we did set up the room, though, so shout out to our partners at First Collection for holding it down for Unk. Um, Unk, man. We we before we get into the to the pod and the basketball talk and everything, we got to do our weekly traffic report. Okay, right. And so last week I got on here and we talked about uh, how terrible the driving is in UAE and Dubai. Now you've been here twenty four hours. You see the roads are beautiful, right? Unbelievable. Got off the plane and it's just <laughs> remarkable. Right, right. There's no excuse for people to be driving as crazy as they drive, right? Well, and so you haven't seen it just yet. I haven't seen all that part. You haven't yeah. seen it just yet. But just off the aesthetic, just looking at you've, you've well-traveled. You've been around the world. Fortunate. Now, the roads in Dubai in comparison to, I don't know, Angola or Senegal or anybody, anywhere else have you been? What is, what is, how would you rank it? Top notch, first class. I first mean, class. You name the best cities. I mean, Angola's nice. Um, Senegal is, you know, yeah. it has its good, it has its challenges. But and this place here, you get off the plane, and I haven't even seen that much. Yeah. It's remarkable. So you guys hear from a different voice for all of you guys are saying that maybe we just don't know what we're talking about. No. Right? Last week we told you traffic is terrible because the people are terrible at driving. Unfortunately, it hit home because my wife we got in a car accident because people were driving irresponsibly. And this is just a week after the UAE government put up a news clip saying, you guys got to start driving better. Yep. Just got to stop stopping in the middle of the street and doing dumb stuff, right? And then on the way here, Coach, how many accidents did you see? Three. I saw four on the way here. You guys keep it real on this podcast. Yes, sir. Huh? Absolutely. Yes. And this is, this is the first things first. This is not a government issue. This is not uh, this is not an issue with the, the royal house. They are magnificent. They're probably the best leaders in the world. Yeah, no question. Sure, this is a people problem. Yeah, just for all you little people in between who say I'm coming to Dubai, the expats, people who's working, the people that think it's no good. We have it nice here. Yeah, we have it beautiful here. Let's not mess it up because we can't this control is, the way we this drive. Is a, this is a personal responsibility problem right here. It's not just you on the on the on the road. It's everybody, and it's your responsibility to make sure you keep everybody safe, keep yourself safe, and the next man do the same thing. And you know, we talked about before 
Um, me in particular, having a rental car, <laughs> I got a small car coach. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I don't get the same respect as somebody in a, you know, in a Mercedes. And it shouldn't be that way. I'm in a four-wheel vehicle. I should get the same courtesy as anyone else, right? But we don't get that here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Not from everybody, but from those few. You know who we're talking about. And everybody just needs to show a little bit more love and patience on the, on the road. You know, we talked about courtesy. You let somebody in. Yeah. Roll down your window. Stick your hand down and say, thank you. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. And keep it moving. Wow, as much we don't... as you guys love Dubai. Love Dubai. This love is it, the topic that you guys are talking yes, about. Sir. Got to. Okay. Got to. Okay. Got to. Okay. Because what it is. Because what's going to happen is, is we talked about it last episode. The thing with Dubai is more expats are coming. Mm-hmm. More people that are cut like us are coming. And with the way people operate on the road, some people are going to get beat up. And now most people, we're giving them a fair warning ahead of time and say, hey, you be better tighten up because it's going to be a little bit different because Uncle gets bad. Matter of fact, on the last comments, <laughs> we have some people say, hey, y'all must be from my hood. They say, I've been in Dubai 10 years. And that, because I asked the people who try to, I'm on a road, one way, one lane, one road, we can't go anywhere. God tailgates us, flashes his lights, bright lights. Yes. To make us move. It's only the shoulder to make us move so he can get around so he can drive fast. Oh, That's the type one lane. And so I asked people, I said, yo, can y'all fight? For y'all to be acting like that, can y'all fight? And so a lot of people feel the same way. And so now we're saying it's just a um King, this is this is the final straw, and then we'll move on. Um weekend was crazy. Had to get the wife together. Alhamdulillah, she's all good. Baby's all fine. Nervous. Yes, yeah. all of us is nervous, but she's all good. You know, we gotta get her soreness together. But I'm going home. Right, because I got to recover the car. They're dropping it down. The driveway, the road, two-way road, a street, right, to where I enter into my building, there are kids, there are 12 kids playing soccer with cones as goals in the middle of the road. This is like playing in Duke Street, right? And then I'm sitting here, and I'm looking, and in the elevator, they say, hey, tell your kids not to play soccer outside. People don't listen. I'm watching as I get there because I'm honking the horn so I can park. There's four adults watching them play. And so I don't say anything at first because I'm already pissed off because I'm like, yo, y'all done this. My wife just got hit by a car. So I go upstairs. I pray. Calm down. I come back downstairs and they still out there playing. And the security can't say anything because they're scared because it's right. like the tenant's going to get me in trouble. So I pull over. I tell them, I say, yo, y'all got to stop playing out here. Y'all got to stop playing. I, I know y'all saying this is not the Philippines. You're not in the streets of, of any other country that this is developed. There's a beach over there. We live two, two hop skips and a jump from the beach if you can play it. I said people are terrible at driving. If, if you die, your parents are not going to like that. And then the nannies come to me and say, they're just babies. They just want to play. They can play in the street. I said, lady, you lost your mind. If you don't tell these babies to go over there to that sand and that beach, um, OG, the beach is free. You don't have to make $100,000 to live on a beach out here. You don't go play over there and cut it out, you know. But, hey, that's our traffic report. Yeah. yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> and, it, and, you know, it's the person that said in the comments earlier that, uh, you know, everybody's nice in Dubai. You guys are exaggerating a little bit. Yeah, we know that. But there are a few bad drivers. Mm. And it, what happens is when you have one bad driver, interacting with another good driver, that person starts to become a bad driver. Man. Because you start to feel you need to be defensive. Yeah. And it's a it's a domino effect. And the, we, we know this because we came in 2019 
we've been in a car accident together. Yeah. And then I was just in one three weeks ago. Yeah. Somebody While hit I was on him the phone with him. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, we know from experience. Bad ones yeah. too. But but we here though. And so that's it. That's but um, that's it. That's the only issue though. Um. All right, okay. But look, look, ain't nothing else. <laughs> ain't nothing else. No, the way you guys rave about this place, that's a good thing. Ain't nothing else. No, basketball, it's different. It's different. We we getting there. You know, baby steps. Working know, on it. Teeny steps getting there. But we do got a shout out to our HMD people. Um, you know, how was the Sunday's game? I didn't get to, to go there for the big game developmental league. League that's in its inaugural season that uh, Coach King, as I say, Marlo from The Wire, he gathered the guys around. He referenced me to Marlo. He said, yo, we the new kids on the block. You either go play or we going to take the territory. And so there's some guys saying, hey, I'm rocking with Marlo. <laughs> I'm snooping them. So I'm, I'm going to get it right, too. <laughs> but how was the game? Well, everything was good, man. Actually, I was going to talk about the U10 mm. to wrap up tonight. Um, but everything was good, man. You know, it was the last game for them. Mm-hmm. And um, Coach um, Colin Grant, shout out to him, stepped in. Isaac Lesko stepped in, and we're coaches. You know, it takes a village. It takes a village, man. And um, that's that's what it is. All of our kids showed up except one mm-hmm. who was sick, and um, pulled out a victory, man. U ten ended the season on a high note. Oh, cut! Come on, man, Unc. Let me tell you. He said that everybody was there except for one. Yeah, that's it right there. That's a mark. Here we go. Um, Here we go. Practice. Two kids. Maybe not. Maybe three. Maybe four. Every other week. Game, maybe five. But if somebody tells you they're mentioning, they say, coach, I can't make it to practice. What would be excuses that you would hear? Just from college, just from coaching, period. If you hear somebody say, Coach, I can't come to practice, what kind of excuses would you hear that you would accept? We're taking, we're talking about what level youth, youth. High, let's go high school. Let's go youth, high school. Okay, high school. Uh, I'm sick. I had to be sick. Okay. Uh, I have some schoolwork to do. Okay. I have some schoolwork to do. Uh, I got in trouble. My mama said that I can't go to practice. <laughs> okay. So those are good ones. Did you ever miss for a birthday party? Not your birthday party. Somebody else's birthday party. I don't understand that language. <laughs> Dubai, that's <laughs> that's something you need to understand here I, in Dubai. I don't Because these birthday parties are different. Birthday party. Okay. I guess we're talking about if it's uh, 12 and under, maybe. But, but maybe. 16. Kind of, I'll get to the party later. I'm coming, but I'm coming after practice. Why? I got to leave the party early. Because I got to go to practice. Listen, you guys hear that? This is not scripted. Yeah, he just said the exact same thing me and Coach have been saying for two years. (laughs) No, it's not scripted. It's not scripted. Listen, if you want to be good, you got to be at practice. Yeah, put your time in. Man, talk talk about, you've had to, so we're in the beginning stages of growing this thing. Okay. And, and, um, before we get into the basketball stuff, let's, I guess we got to bring it full circle and talk about why this is a significant moment in time. Yeah, we got to talk about us. Yeah, and how, how we, we, and, we and, and how we get here. And so you guys know the story with me and Coach King, but you don't know that there's a prequel to that <laughs> that even allows us to build and grow stronger. And that starts, you guys already met on Lisa. 
Uh, Lisa was on this season as well via phone, and we'll get her here again. Um, you guys go back. I think that's episode four. Um, but this is Uncle Ro. And without Uncle Ro, there is no Alisa, there is no Ziri, there is no Mama Soul, there is no Ryan Dorsey, there is none of that. There is no NCAA first team, none of those different things. Um, the man that you guys see today is is half here, half here. This is this is what the masculinity looks like when you're surrounded by it, because that is something that they talk about now. Is why we say bridging the gap. And so, so Uncle Man, we go back to seventh grade. I think that might be 2005. Yeah, I think you're, you're about 10 years old. I think we, we were in a yeah. supermarket. Yeah, I, I think it, I think it's 13, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12, 12 okay. 13. Right. 12, 13. Uh, Harris Teeter. Harris Teeter. Harris yeah. Teeter, your mom's strong woman. Did you have her on? Yeah, we had her a few times on. Okay. A few times. Yeah, she'd get on. She, 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 actually, she actually came on once each season, but the last time was when my wife and I did an episode and moms okay. called in. Okay. And she was teaching her how to be a basketball mom. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. I'll just talk from my point of view. Yeah. yeah. So, we were in the supermarket and uh, she, I might have been wearing some GW stuff. I was coaching at the time. Green sweats. You were playing basketball. Yeah. And we just got into a general conversation and you could tell you could play, you know, you, you look like a basket, you look like you had a chance, you look like you had a chance. And uh, one thing led to another. Um, I like helping young people like you're doing today, mm -hmm. passing it forward, same thing Coach King does. And uh, next thing you know, you're over my house, you put your feet underneath my table where I, Lisa, yeah. and haven't been able to get rid of you since. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And we've been had the pleasure of seeing you grow into a strong man and family man and uh, see you play high school basketball, see you graduate from college with your undergraduate, see you get your master's degree, uh, see you win state championship with Coach King. Yeah. I mean, uh, the time that we've spent together with you and you know your cousin, uh, Eric, yeah. and all of that old stuff. Salaam alaikum. And, um, your growth uh, as far as your religion is concerned and the fact that uh, you call Aunt Lisa and I when you decided that you found the queen. Yes, yes. We thought yeah. that was kind of strong. Yeah. It's almost like you were like, yo, this is the one. Yeah, <laughs> and you, you know what's bad about it? Aunt Lisa put it in the envelope. <laughs> You know how she says, I'm going to put this in an envelope and come back to it later. And she's never been wrong. So from 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 young, she said, like, if whenever I say I'm not going to do something, whoever Zuri says not going to do something, she's like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put it in an envelope and I'm going to table it and it's going to come back to it. <laughs> and so I told her I was going to be macking and hanging forever. Mm. She was like, you know, once you finish grad school, you're going to find her. And I was like, nah, I got some. I've been, yeah, I, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I did a bid. I did a bid. I'm going to yeah. have some fun. He was like, I'm going to do it for a while. But, but a couple of things that stand out that, the, that the, your viewers or people need to know that you were, you were a good man, uh, a good young guy trying to become a great man. And Coach King, you played a major part in that as his high school coach. And it was easy for me to see from the outside, even though you and I had known each other, you want young people to be around strong men. And I knew you were just that. And he was seeking guidance, mm -hmm. to his credit. Now, what he would do, he and his brother, that I'll never forget. Mm, yeah. uh, you know, when we went on the road, I was coaching college basketball. Mm -hmm. And if it was snowing, we had 14 inches of snow. Do you know he would go to my house? This young man would go to my house where I leave and shovel the snow. Yeah. Didn't do it for money. Right. Did not do it for money. So... 
Uh, that's just a small thing, big thing. So, uh, and listen, you know, James didn't last too long. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't last long, but he, he, last long but, he did. but what that did though, because I was telling Illy, like, because cause, you know, Illy's learning about the hustle yeah. and how we see building a business or working for yourself. Because as basketball players, if you get taught the right lessons, mm-hmm. what you've done is sacrifice to become a great player to get to any level. It's applicable directly to you as a father, as a businessman, and you just making a living, period, right? And so I didn't get paid for that, right? But the neighbors paid me. Right, right, yeah. Because, oh, right, he, right, right, So right. now for the next three years in high school, because they saw me shoveling on Lisa in them driveway, they said, I'm at camera station. Ah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, yeah. so you know, I'm out there, and now I'm leaving with two hundred dollars. Okay, okay. You know what I'm saying? So I'm going back, fresh pair of J's, and I didn't got it. So you know, sometimes you ask me, like, "Oh, yeah, what?" I was like, "Yeah, I was out there. I was out there." And so, but those are some of the lessons we talk about bridging the gap, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Those are the some of the lessons that get lost because we don't have that same type of connection and that same type of village and community feel within the sport of basketball too, and within our neighborhoods just completely. Because one is a disconnect because everything is so much, uh, so so greatly tied to media. I, 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 tr- I try not to say it's lost. I, I, I'm, I'm, I can't do that. Yeah. I just say it's a challenge yeah. and it's not as open as it was in the past. Before it was a community, where mm-hmm. now it's like, who do you see who you can touch? Yeah. And then you take it from there. Yeah. So, and I add to that, the, the one of the hardest things is deciphering who and what. So, you know, what my my biggest, like, alert was for me? My mom. My mom sniffed out the ones who won't write. She won't. My mom, my mom she looking. Play. Anybody that know your mom? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Coach King. Yeah, Come on, play. man. Yeah, she don't play. She no don't games. Play. And so, but now you say you're right. There is, there is opportunity for us, a young man, young woman, to get some guidance from somewhere. Problem is, it's too many opportunities. And so if you have somebody that doesn't, because they were on here, you know, algorithms, people you can talk to, you know, you got the Andrew Tate of the world. I agree with that. They can go any and everywhere. Basketball opinions. Yeah, I agree. You 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 make it look good enough. That's why we're here. That's why we had um, his peers from Coppin State on. Would you tell them like, yo, y'all got to give back more. You got to be in front of the camera more. Because if you don't, that guy over there that's getting a million views teaching the game the wrong way, he's taking us back. And you guys just sitting with all the knowledge. And it, and it wasn't it wasn't that we were saying that you have to do that. But if you're going to coach and complain about the state of basketball, then you have to do something. And that's all I was asking them. You know what I'm saying? Like, because we all in a, we were all in agreement that it is going a little bit left compared to where it used to be. And I said, well, who's gonna get it back in the middle? Mm-hmm. It's gotta be us, you know? And so we have to do a better job um, because everybody is ex- accessible to social media. Do, 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 uh, do everyone know how hard it was for you two guys to win a championship? They don't know. <laughs> they, were, they were killing Coach King now, you know what I mean? It was hard. Yeah. Well, well thank God I was under Ivan. Yeah. Ivan Thomas, you know, yeah. I was I was his But assistant. but to your but to but, your credit though, coach, you, you took credit, a man. you took a hard job after that. You took a team that won a state championship and dominated, and then the, you were the coach the very next year with the same expectation. That's what I'm talking yeah. about. And we still went twenty seven and three and won the region and were just one game away from the final four. Yeah. But that, 
sports in that city? Yeah. A rich tradition of basketball? Man. And and then even we talked to our kids about um, school. And we also, we, we actually did a breakdown for a kid from the Philadelphia area. Okay. Uh, one of my teammates at Massanutten, his nephew, is come up and coming. and got a couple of offers and interest from like Penn State, okay. Temple. And so Good. people are starting to send in videos for us to break down and kind of tell them like what to work on, what to keep in mind as far as getting to the next level. And everybody that we've talked to, you know, I speak from experience. We always say, go where you're celebrated and go where you'll play. Because some people are talking about, I want to go high major. I say, you might go to Temple, but you don't really have Temple game. They just see the potential that gets there, but they don't have time to wait for you. But if you get in the D2 to where you'll get there, you'll be able to be supported, nurtured, grow. And by the end of your four years, you can look back at it and say, hey, I was a big fish, small pond, and my basketball experience is great. I want to go there because a lot of people are playing to names and say, hey, yeah, I got this people, this school calling, that school calling. They're not all, full offers either. They're just waiting to hear back from them, yeah. and they're worried about the level. Yeah. What, yeah, what so many people nowadays, Coach, that I've encountered that, you know, want help, you know, get into school at, your, mm -hmm. you know, the level you were coaching at, you know, high, high D1, you know, it's what do you have right now? That's the first question I ask them. You know, and they'll say, well, I got, you know, I got two D2 offers, you know, a couple D1, low D1s, but, you know, I want to go to North Carolina. And this is in their, like, senior year, right? Yeah, and I'm, and I'm saying, do you know the state of college basketball right now? And it's the same thing you talked about earlier with the NIL mm -hmm. and the transfer portal. You know, what most people don't know, and these are this is for the international kids I'm trying to help too, the, the past two, three years for college, I mean, high school seniors has been hell. Because college coaches aren't recruiting a 17, 18-year-old unless you're top 100 when you can go get a 22-year-old out of transfer portal. That makes yeah. sense when you're trying to keep your job. Yeah. Uh, college sports has changed yeah. right now. And as far as, like, your career, right? And we'll talk about that briefly. So did you have fun? I mean, eventually, yes. Right. When I was healthy, I had a great okay. time. Did you score points? A lot of them. Did you win? A lot of games. <laughs> did you graduate? Yeah. Okay, so let's call it like it is. Right. If you can do that. And then another thing that I think most young people have to recognize when it comes to recruiting, uh, go where they need you. Just don't go where they want you. Mm. You know, go where you can play because you can go to the highest level and you sit. Yeah. And yeah. if you sit, you're not going to be happy. A lot of those people... A lot. I remember you telling me as a couple of my teammates on Takeover, and you were telling me about how we had the same similar ratings. One of them went to like Niagara and some other places and different D ones. They didn't play as many minutes as I did in college. They went to several different schools, matter of fact. Listen, and then they told me we, that, we all want to play in the NBA. Everybody, with, uh, that's their aspirations, just that and the other. You know, if you don't do that, then what is it? You want to play basketball, which is a game, and you want to have fun doing it. And then it's the business of basketball. What are you going to get out of it? You want a scholarship? You have three hots and a cot. Mm -hmm. It's not bad. Mm -hmm. There's people next to you. Some of those people, they they have to go and they have to work. They have to do a lot of other things. And some people take it for granted. So uh, I just think it's important to be realistic of where you are, who you are, and take advantage of it. And yeah. I think sometimes kids don't understand the word scholarship. What I try to educate our guys is, Let's look up how much that scholarship is worth because they don't even understand it. So mm. you put it into dollars and cents. And then you say, son, this might be 40, 50, 60, 80,000 per year. 
tax free. Right, right. Let's 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 break because we always like to remind people that when we bring anybody on this show, the credibility level is very very high. Yes. And so, Unc, you know, I'll be. Where did you coach? Where's the basketball background? Just because we have to remind, because I got into the conversation not even letting you get off your your space from where you went from college as a player to you coaching and then where you are now because that's important because we have uh we've we've grown um to be very trustworthy within the community that we have at BTG Nation and who mounts in Dubai you know they coach king is probably the best basketball mind in the region and so whenever we join anybody on to talk about basketball they are, we always want to make sure that they know that this is not something that's made up or fabricated it can be researched and that this is somebody you really want to listen to and probably follow on Instagram and Facebook and watch the journey as well. I've been blessed in the game. Yes. Uh, I've been very fortunate. I'm a Philly guy. Proud Talk Philly. about it. Through and through. Yeah, South Philly or North Philly? South Philly, cheese sticks and hoagie. <laughs> you know, but in Philly, we can argue amongst, yeah. amongst each other, you know. Del Sandro's got the best. They're pretty doggone good, you know what I mean? <laughs> I still got to go back to Philly, go to different places, though. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but they're pretty doggone good. Um, no, I, you know, I played at, I'm from South Philly, went to South Philly High. My mom died when I was young, so I had to transfer and go to Martin Luther King. We were pretty good there. Um, the years I was there, 23 and 2, my senior campaign, uh, lost against West Philadelphia High. They were the number one team in the country at the time. Hmm. Uh, uh, one of my dear friends, Clarence Tillman, who I recently lost, Worst loss in my career was it that my high school game. <laughs> People told me the other day, Roland, would you get over it? That's my worst <laughs> loss. I'm serious, you know. Yeah. Uh, then I went and played college ball at the University of Rhode Island. Yeah. Uh, played for four years. Uh, my senior campaign. My first year, we were top 20 in the country. Yeah, Sly, right? Sly Williams. Yeah, he's a bad, bad dude. He went hardship back then. Mm. Guys weren't going hardship back then. Mm. He was a junior. He went hardship. Mm. I mean, we were really, really good. Uh, then once I graduated, and then our teams were pretty good. Um, then once I graduated from Rhode Island, uh, I had some knee injuries, but I kept playing through the pain. You know, I kept mm. playing, I kept playing, because uh, pain is part of the game. Mm. And um, then I had a chance to, I was unsure if I was going to go to graduate school or someone said, hey, man, you supposed to, you should go overseas, you can play. I averaged a double-double my senior year. And so I said, all right. So I wind up going overseas mm -hmm. and uh, played 13 years. That's a long story. Let me clap uh, that up. <laughs> 13. Yeah. yeah, I got in 13 of them, man. That's good. What cool. countries? I played in France, Spain, Israel, or Palestine. Palestine. Yeah, I like that. See, they're going to love that. <laughs> oh, wait, let me tell you. <laughs> you know I mean? Yes. Yeah. It's Palestine. Right? Uh-huh. Um, and... Um, and then I finished up in Argentina. Mm. And then after that, I, um, you know, still had an opportunity to continue to play, but I didn't want to be a washed up guy. Mm. So I knew that it was time to move on. Mm -hmm. So went back to the Philly area. And prior to that, um, I was Joe Bachelor for a while. while <laughs> but prior to that, you know, I, I met who is now your, your um, Lisa. I, I, Lisa. Greatest thing that ever happened to you. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't deny that. I can't deny that. Um, and then gave it up and then went back to the States and um, was doing some real estate, doing some things. And um, two of my dear friends, like young guys to me, uh, Lionel Simmons. Yes. Uh, I shout out to L Train. Yeah. And I got Overton from LaSalle, yeah. L Train. Yeah. Shout out to Train. Thank wait, you wait, wait, for wait, letting wait, wait, me wait. ride along. Coach, you need to let people know 
who those two guys you just mentioned really right. are okay. in terms of Philly basketball. Yeah. Man. Uh, Doug Overton was a really, really, really good Philly guard. Uh, went to Dobbins High School, the same high school that Dawn Stanley, who's now the head coach of South Carolina women's basketball, they're number one in the country, a uh, legendary high school. Uh, Doug went to that school. And then Lionel Simmons uh, was a lottery pick out of LaSalle. They were ranked in the top 20. He's one of the few guys to score 3,000 points in college basketball. Never shot a three. They didn't have a three-point line at the time. Yeah. Scored 3,000. In four years, right? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, yeah. Did, did somebody just did that recently, but he had a fifth year. But mm -hmm. they said Pistol Pete did it in 38 games. Well, I bet that. <laughs> yeah. well, I don't know about 38 games, but what he did it, right? Yeah, he did it. So, so Train uh, was one of the best players out of Philadelphia. Yeah. You talk about Phillies of rich history. You know, Wilt Chamberlain, Earl Monroe. The, the, a lot Big of five. Guys, right? Big five. So Lionel said to me, uh, oh, hey, man, you should be coaching, man, because I like to mentor. I kind yeah. of mentor them. I wasn't thinking about coaching college basketball. <laughs> right, right. Like, this isn't the life yeah. I chose. This is the life <laughs> that chose me. I'm I feel not, you. I'm not biggie, but you know what I mean? It is what it is. Yeah. Right? Hey. So lo and behold, a couple minutes later, a couple days later, I'm coaching basketball. Mm -hmm. So now I'm coaching at LaSalle University. And I'm coaching um, two really good players, uh, Donnie Carl, who competed a lot against uh, Kobe Bryant. If you read Kobe Bryant's book, he talks about Donnie Carl quite a bit. And then um, a kid who was like my son also, uh, Russell Butler. Who rest, lost rest in peace yeah, to Russell. 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 I coached Russell. Yeah. Uh, and Russell played a long time in the NBA. Yep. You know, played with Shaq and some yeah. really good players. Spurs, Miami. He was yeah, big time yeah, Miami. really good player. So then when I left LaSalle, uh, I went to George Washington University, and uh, we were really, really good. Uh, the head coach, Carl Hobbs, was a terrific coach. Uh, Shout out to uh, Steve Peichel was an assistant coach who's now the head coach of Rutgers. Mm. And they're, they're having a great good season. Yeah, really good season. Another good season. And we have some great players. That's when I coached Pops Mitsubansu, yes. Mike Hall, yeah. uh, you know, yeah. Pinnock, uh, Maurice Rice, who is the all-time leading scorer out of Philadelphia high school basketball. Maurice. With Strawberry. Uh, yeah, Adam, yeah, 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 yeah. The Strawberry Mansion. Yep. Yeah. He broke Will Chamberlain's record. <laughs> right? So we had an army. Yeah. We had an army, right? Yeah. That's when the A-10 was flying yeah, high. Yeah, A-10, yeah. Xavier. They, we were undefeated in the conference. Yeah. And uh, only Temple had done it a couple years with John Chaney. St. Joe had done it. And we did it. Was Phil Martelli of St. Joe's at that time? Yeah, Phil, you know, I'm not a big Phil yeah, fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's a good guy, you know, you know, yeah, cordial. Good Phil knows, you know, good he's side. an assistant now at Michigan right now. He was mm. a terrific coach. Too. Yeah. Yep. Really, really great basketball mind. Uh, and then once I left that, I went, I went, left there, I went to George Mason University where I was with Paul Hewitt. Legendary. Who had coached at uh, Georgia Tech for quite some time. Uh, now he's working with um, the G League, head coaching for the Clippers G League team. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And then um, in transition, got guys calling me about certain jobs, right fit, right time. And behind the fact that I, I dabble in a few languages, uh, I had received a call asking me to go and head up the NBA Academy, which is now in, in Senegal. That was like five years ago, right? Yeah. Maybe six? Yeah, yeah, five. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's it, might, it might be six because it was it was two before that game. Five, <laughs> four, five. Like yeah, yeah. It's kind of Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gone quick. Yeah, so it's going quick. So now it's been great. So I had the chance to be around some really good guys. We got we have guys playing in the G League now. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, guys who are projected to go in the first round. Yeah. Guys playing at major institutions, you know, Baylor. We have a couple guys that just made first team in their conferences at Iona. Uh, oh, that's big time. Yeah, different places playing for Rick Patino. I heard Patino might be up for the Georgetown job, but we'll get to that later. Yeah, and I won't touch that. <laughs> <laughs> so, so th- that's my basketball background, you know, more or less. Yes, and so like you guys know, first of all, I gotta say thank you to you and, and L Train for letting me be a fly on the wall. <laughs> you know, this is this is how I knew L Train was gangster because he. He's he's Philly through and through. When I got to meet him, he's in his construction boots. <laughs> he's in like paint on his shirt. Just finished doing some demolition at a house. It's older white guy walking down the side of the road in Philly. You guys, if you guys are familiar with Philly, they got like row houses. Like it just looked different on the outside, but on the inside, those things is four floors on fire, right? And the old white guy with his son stops and says, Lionel Simmons? I was like, what the hell? Right, right, right. And mind you, I know like like in his forties, fifties, yep. older guy, mm-hmm. and he talks to his son. He says, "Son, do you know who this is?" He said, "I watched you in that crazy game you had against Villanova in '80s." I was like, "Yo, yeah. and I must really be around." And then listening to the stories and basketball Man, that's, wise, that's basketball royalty, right there. I got pictures of uh, 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 L Train on my wall at home. Listen, that's, yeah, you know the beauty about Train? He's one of the most humble human beings you ever want to meet. Really, I mean, just like unbelievably humble. Man, I was there like I was one of his guys. Like he was just brought it in. So yes, yeah, shout out to that. That that was dope. I'll never forget it because it's just to be a fly on the wall and hear some of those conversations. So when you guys kind of hear us talk about basketball, like hear me talk about basketball, like just think, you know, just these two are the pillars, right, for me. And then what they share with me, they've gotten from their experiences and then people that they've been around as well. You know, um, one of my favorite mo- times is when I get to listen to an NBA game where Hubie Brown is broadcast. Bad dude. Right? Oh, like, uh, one, if you want, if you love basketball, you want to listen every time. to Hubie. I think it was two guys who were standouts. Hubie Brown, if you like that, and in American football, there was Madden. Madden, oh yes. And what they would do is they had an innate ability to break down the game in the simplest terms. So even if you're a basketball novice, you can understand what they're saying. Mm-hmm. And Hubie's a legend at that. He's good. Now, as a coach now. <laughs> you got experience there, right? That yeah, New York I, was the, I was in the Knicks camp. I was in the Knicks camp. I, I popped my hamstring there, which is unfortunate because I thought I could have really made that team. Um, but uh, he wasn't a kind coach. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone, anyone that played with you, you boy, yeah, you got to get it together. Yeah, but that, but coaching and commentating is a little different, man. And we we're gonna get onto that too. And so, you are at this spot now um, where basketball is growing internationally. I mean, that's why we're here in Dubai. Yep. That's why you're in the in the NBA. The, the the big dog of all all of our big brothers is is spreading his wings to everywhere to find the next great talent and kind of harvest the game. And so, with your experience playing, and then with your experience now coaching and looking at the talent, like what are you seeing about basketball and its future internationally, and how that's going to affect the young people in the states as high schoolers. I think it's just growing. I think it's great. Mm-hmm. I, I think it's fantastic. First of all, you want to break it down to the simplest terms. It's sport. And and sport is good for 
boys and girls because it teaches you so many things. It teaches you, you know, how to work in a team environment. It teaches you uh, how to lead, how to follow, how to win, how to have character when you lose. Uh, I just think playing the sport of basketball is good for you, whether you become a great player or not. Yep. And you guys are working with so many youth. It's not about just becoming a great player. That's a different level because there's different levels to this. But to be able to be in the sport is great. Now, you're talking about it becoming international. That was the vision that, you know, David Stern had, and now Adam Silver's taking it to another level. So they're playing basketball globally, which is fantastic. I just think it's great. I think it's going to get better. Yeah. I, um, I, with people seeing the NBA, I know here when we see more – um, academies, we kind of have the opposite of, uh, reaction. Really? People, people get nervous. Why? <clears throat> Competition, right? And That's so, good. yeah. And so we we see the NBA because the NBA school is here. Okay. You know, it's a little bit different than NBA Academy, but the NBA does have a presence here, Junior okay. NBA and, and Abu Dhabi. But we look at that like, ah, now it's an opportunity for basketball to really blow up. Because what we tell our kids now is that Kevin Durant became. Kevin Durant, the PG Jaguars, and DC Blue Devils. And then when he gets to Texas and when he gets to the NBA, that's when they make him the Hall of Famer and that environment makes him the Hall of Famer there. But along the way, those youth coaches, the Morello Vest, mm -hmm. Keith Stevens, right. right? You know, all of those guys that we had, they're the reason that somebody gets up to their space. And so the NBA plays ball with all of those places. So now... I know in places like Africa is different, and especially in Senegal, to where the number of expats, the number of basketball academies around there may not be as um, active as here. Here it has like what 25? 25 illegal ones, twenty plus legal ones, legal ones. Just yeah. <laughs> some renegade companies. Yeah, that's you know, competition globally. Mm -hmm. it, it really is. And what I try to do is I don't buy into it. Mm. What I mean by that is there are enough players to go around. I, I believe that. The challenge becomes, is there enough good coaching to go around? Now, oh man. Now, Unc, people ask me all the time, do you still play, right? Mm -hmm. And I always tell them the story is that I could have went down that road, but I had Uncle Roe and Uncle and Coach King telling me, look, I had to play. You ain't got to play. You ain't got to go play after this, like go, go to I school, that. That yeah, go do all these things. And then also the coaching part, because it was a moment to where it was like, yeah, I wanted to be a grad assistant. He's like, yeah, do, do that, right? But, you know, we got here in a good situation. And what we noticed was um, that coaching element that you talk about, mm -hmm. right? What There's a big difference between being a trainer and a coach right now. And I don't think that people understand that both of them are qualities that you got to have to be a good coach, right? You got to be able to do something to make your players better individually. You may not have to be great. That's what your staff would be for. But you just only focusing on training doesn't make you a great basketball coach with the managing the team and then vice versa. It's a little bit different. And then if you don't have any experience either, that makes it tough. And Coach King can kind of speak to what we see as – Coaching. Coach King, what do you say? Well, I, I won't say that somebody can't just train and become a good coach. 
because there's always people that you know can transcend both both positions um but based on what we've seen here and then i i talk about my experience in the states as well because I, I did a lot of private training mm-hmm. there are people who are good at showing kids moves one on oh and those kids are what we call you know back in the day workout warriors mm-hmm. look good in the drills mm-hmm. get them in the game they don't know how to play right and um and that's where you need a coach who's going to teach you game situation game speed and how to work with others and and that's what we're we're missing sometimes because you know you were a college coach and i'm sure there were moments of frustration where you had a kid you knew he had talent but he just didn't know how to play and you know being a college coach you just don't have time to to take three steps back to teach that kid how to play when he needs to know how to play when he gets to you mm-hmm. and i was one of those kids when I got the temple, I didn't know how to play. Mm-hmm. I was just talented, right? And it, you know, and it showed, um, you know. And so, what we need today, especially here in the UAE, is we need more coaches. We need more coaches because developmental coaches or game coaches. Both. There's no. There's both. no. Mis- okay. It's, it's, both, which is great. It's at the very both. beginning. Both. But you guys beginning. are building the whole thing up. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the thing, though. There's people have been here 15 years. And so we, if if you you in Africa fifteen years, you in Senegal fifteen years, it's going to be a certain standard that's already set in play because of the basketball culture you've been around, because you're going to do things the right way because you've actually been around a culture, you've been around coaches, you've seen Hubie Brown in person, you know you've been around Hobbs, you've ran places, you've done things, so you know that there's a certain way basketball is supposed to be played, certain way players are supposed to carry themselves, mm-hmm. certain way your staff is supposed to operate mm-hmm. with everyone. So we got here thinking that, okay, all right, 15 years already in, we kind of just get in where we fit in and then change through here. It's still infancy. Yeah, it's, how can I say it, like, you can't be uh, what I think is a good coach. Get in the game, and your kids aren't performing. And then the next week, you you go recruit other kids. No. We're supposed to develop. Right. You go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. and start over. Mm-hmm. And we don't we don't see that. And, you know, as a coach, it's more than just X's and O's. And it's it's you've probably done six or seven other things outside of your job description when you first got hired <laughs> as a coach. That's just that's the way it is, you know. And it's just it's helping them learn time management, um, holding them accountable, pushing them to the next level, you know, in all aspects of their life because they're supposed to be we're supposed to be developing good people. Yeah. At this age, Co- coaching is a whole development section within itself and you could break it down to first and foremost you have the development coach what 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 development what are you good at you good at teaching shooting you good at teaching passing you good at teaching dribbling and we respect that you got to learn that now are you good at teaching small-sided games how spacing and things of that nature that way you can evolve into the court where as a coach when we're talking xing and owen you can have carryover you know are you good at that and then, are you good at building kids up? Like you were saying, the kid plays bad, and next you know you want to go get other kids. Well, that's not good coaching. Yeah. One of my philosophies is you could be a great 
te- math teacher. <laughs> what good is it if your kids don't understand? Right. Like, how good a teacher are you? You got all this information. You may be fantastic. Right. But if your students don't understand, how good are you? So what I find, what I do in my job, and, and my our staff tells me, I'm kind of self-critical. Mm-hmm. I always say, I should have done a better job at this. I should have done I, I blame myself a lot. Because I think I'm that good. Yeah. I think I'm that good. So I challenge myself. If this kid isn't coming up to the standards, why blame the kid? How good are you as a coach? Right. So, but everyone can't do that. It's easy to blame other people. Yeah, that's true. And so this we we do have a lot of young people get on here and listen. Young people like my age, mm-hmm. people that they wanted to be coaches, okay. but they didn't have Uncle Roe and Coach King. They don't have the luxuries now. I Some of my friends that tell me, I even have friends that coach in college, and when they started, I'd be like, yo, good luck to you. And they'd be like, yo, yeah, it ain't fair that you're not giving somebody back with all the stuff that we talk about, what you do know and who you aspire. I was like, listen, I don't want no parts. I want to be rich, right? And so I don't think I can be rich being a college coach right now with the sacrifices. Well, that they I pay us some good money. Yeah, but, but how'd I get up there? You know? But the coaching game, the co- it's, it's, it's high. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's not, and high school now too. Well, coach, what Coach King said also that most people don't realize when you go to college coaching, when you first start all, you're not really doing that much college coaching. You're putting out fires. Running and running you're, air. You're, you're managing a lot of different things. So, yeah. You know, you have to get to the, you have to come up in the ranks to be able to do some really coaching. And so now my question is, is we try to give people like really tangible stuff that they can leave with, right? Okay. And so I have the benefit of, when I'm trying to get better as a personal, a developmental guy, Coach King, that's his thing. That's what he does. Great. If I need to learn about X and O's or anything, I can call you. I can call Coach Thomas. I can call Coach King. Mm-hmm. Now, everybody doesn't have the direct access to uh, assistant coach in the Big East, <laughs> a coach here, a coach there. So, like, how do we get better? as coaches, as if you're young, how do you get better in the developmental space? And how do you get better with the X's and O's and on-court management? What can you do? Guys are fortunate today, you know, with YouTube and all the information out there. I mean- But what's the right stuff to look for? I know you don't want to plug anything. I got that. No, 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 that's that's, that's on you to find out. Yeah, okay. No, but the the information is out there. Mm -hmm. You know, before you really had to go seek it out. It was hard. Right Right now it's right in front of you. I suggest go to clinics, try to find a mentor. They don't have clinics anymore because we talked about that. We actually had some coaches, Tony Bentley at um, Wakefield mm-hmm. and some couple other people around the way. There's like there's young coaches that are coming up in the ranks and they don't have a John Cheney clinic to go to. They don't have any of those clinics to go to that much anymore. And they don't advertise them the same way. Uh, well, you got to look for them. What do you think, coach? They do have them. You just have to make time to go. Mm-hmm. And, and, it, and, and it costs. Yeah. But it's an investment. It's an You're investment. investing in your your craft. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, yeah. because I'm, you know, I'm deep in the high school game, you know, uh, junior college level and coached a little bit on the pro yeah. level. And two year, two summers ago, I got up at here. Um, yeah. I think I got up like, it was like three in the morning to go hear Brad Stevens speak yeah. uh, online. It was, mm-hmm. you know, it was uh, during COVID. And um, because I wanted to hear him talk about his, um, Inbound situation, mm. right? You know, he's, he's the best he's a, out of timeout. He's, yeah, he's yeah. one of the best. Oh, out of timeout, always yeah, unbelievable. Always yeah, gets unbelievable. a bucket. And um, I literally sat on on the computer for two and a half hours, and Brad Stevens he spoke for six minutes. Yeah. I could have killed him if I could got my hands <laughs> on him. But you got. How did you that. know about it though? Um, through the founder of Who Mountain. 
but Steve Gibbs. But that's the thing. That's like an inner circle type thing. And so let but, me take the. Yeah, you're right. I, that because, but I'm an older guy yeah. from a different generation where we didn't have social media. Yeah. Your generation, you guys understand this stuff like the back of your hand. We should, but you see, he couldn't Google what uh, the, the seven continents were last week. He in college right now. He, he told us it was five Olympic rings, so there's five continents. <laughs> Can I get some more water? Water's over there, bro. <laughs> no, but but I just put it this way, right? Focal points, foundation, core, right? You know, the core of basketball is a player's triple threat. Dribble, pass, shoot. Let's start there, right? And so we talk about coaching. We talk about game management. What are the four focal points you think somebody should make sure that if you're just starting out, this is something you should be sure that you understand? As a as a coach, as, as a coach, coach. yeah, head how coach. To teach how to teach. Okay, okay. Well, just period. Like as you as a coach, yep. game situations. Right. What are fourth? Is it like knowing when to call timeout? And I know everybody has their own philosophy about things, but mm -hmm. they want to start somewhere to feel confident. Is it knowing when to call timeout? What type of uh, plays you should have written up? Like what situations you should think this? What are type? What are four type of things or components of coaching that you should focus on at the beginning of your career or getting better at? Okay, I I think I'll look at it like if I have a team. Mm -hmm. Okay, if I have a team. Uh, I like to know when I'm gonna run offensively mm -hmm. based on my personnel. Mm. Number one. Okay, it's based on my personnel. I can't be wanting to run up and down. I don't have a bunch of guys that can do that, right? So that's gonna dictate a lot. My defensive principles have to be in place. Uh, I mean, that's period. Now, what am I gonna do defensively? It's based on my personnel. Kind of mm -hmm. trap, kind of run and jump, man to man, how I'm gonna do ball screen coverages. That's based on my personnel. Mm -hmm. um, I, you definitely need to know timeout situations because anybody who has coached and Coach King would tell you that we've all had great moments and we've all had moments we can take back. Mm -hmm. I've had a lot that I could take back. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, I was at a camp one time and I I just didn't call a timeout. I was embarrassed. Yeah, I was embarrassed. Yeah. I was like, you know, I I was embarrassed. How do we how do we feel that? Because you know, I'm a Laker guy. Right, so I grew up watching Phil. Phil don't call timeouts doing certain well, things. So we get. Yeah. talk about that. He was coaching. Cool. I know, man. but that's the I that's the curveball in there. He's <laughs> coaching Kobe. That's a different topic. And MJ, but that's what I'm saying. So some people get their stuff and they feel like, hey, I can just let it, just let it flow. But now that I'm learning on the sideline. You don't there have is. that type of listen, let me tell you. <laughs> when you don't have that type of talent, you better know when to call a timeout. Okay? Yeah. You yeah. know, and 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 then I, I think um managing a team is important. Uh what's your culture? I, I, I think culture is extremely important yeah. with the team. I, if I if I just wanted to go with four things, yeah. I, I would go with those things. Yeah. So that's offense based on personnel. Yep. Defense based on personnel. Mm-hmm. Um, Time, timeout situation. Timeout situation. You know? I didn't get into time and score and all of that because yeah, you asked me for four. Yeah, yeah. But because culture is important because culture will help you when things go wrong. Man. Yes. yes. Ed Cooley just made a statement that he said, just give me, and this is funny because I just heard Stan Van Gunning say something similar. Ed Cooley said, just give me five people who are tough and play defense. Mm -hmm. We'll figure out the rest. Mm -hmm. Five people that work hard are tough and play defense, and I'll figure out the rest. And, that sounds, and Stanford, like, that sounds like a Providence team. That's what, well, see, that's what well, now, that's what he does. You you know, it's like Cheney when he played for Cheney. 
certain coaches, you there. That's a temple guy. That's a Providence guy. Culture. That, that's the culture. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we will figure the rest out. And that's the that's the this what's going on in the league because we will talk about NBA stuff mm -hmm. a little bit. OG gets on here. Chuck is. I don't even have to take Kent Coach King. Chuck is the leader. <laughs> Chuck talks about it. Shaq talks about it. About guys that just don't show up for work. They don't play hard. They're not consistent with their effort on things. And so what I heard Van Gundy say was that, hey, it's not my job to motivate anybody to play. He said, I had some players that they talked about pick and roll coverages. He was not excited about it. But if I talked to him about real estate, he was giving me any in and out about it, and, and I knew I would be able to make some money off it. But for basketball, he didn't get that excited about it. But he was just so talented. And when you think about it in that space, well, we're in a space where we're trying to create a culture. We got to get guys and girls who just want to just want to be here, be tough, and then we will figure out everything else. Because it takes so much sacrifice to build a culture at the very beginning. You talking about on this level here? Or really, in general. I think in general, because even when you get to a space to where you got guys that are just so talented, mm -hmm. at a certain point, if because you know the the game is always going to reward you when you put in the time in. If you're not putting in the same amount of time, because everybody's not AI, right? Everybody can't do what AI does and how AI does it. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you don't bring it every day or you're not bringing it consistently, it starts to wear away at your opportunities to win. If that's what your intention is, but when you got 220 M's, it may not matter. <laughs> hey, listen, listen. I, I know it's 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 it. You know, one suit doesn't fit everybody, but you get a you get 200 mil. Some people are like, "Hey, I made it." Ben Simmons. I'm good. That's it. You know, it's 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 hard to have um, inner drive when you got 200 mil for some people. You know, some people who just love to play, it's going to be automatic for them. You know, um, they're just going to play hard no matter what. But everybody's not built that way, man. You know, some people see it as, hey, let me, it's a means to generational wealth and I'm good now. You know? How do you feel about that? How, you, how do you think that's going to... Uh, no, I, I think it's something else. Some people do it for the money and then some people do it, we all want the money and then it's beyond the money. Kobe... Uh, LeBron, those guys. The, once you get the money out the way, they're like, "Hey, I'm I'm situated with the money. Yeah. Now it's about me yeah. as a basketball player, as a person. So it's it's not about money at all. I'm coming at you every day. Yeah. And then some guys are entertainers. They understand that it's a business. It's and what I mean young. by that is, I look at a true pro, Steph Curry, those guys. It's like a great. I, I love music. Like mm -hmm. you see a great artist, Sade, you know, great. I saw some of the great people, Earth, Wind, and Fire, you know. They got the Quincy, jo Quincy Jones Club here in the Versace uh, Hotel. Hey, okay, okay. It's free but, too. But the beauty about a pro is if he's in Chicago and he's playing the bass, he's giving it to you on Tuesday night. Mm -hmm. On Thursday night, he's in Detroit. He's giving it to you. He's going out to L.A. He's giving it to you. He's Every time he comes, he's giving it to you. So I had the pleasure of seeing Michael play quite a bit. Charles Barkley played quite a bit. Night in, night out, a true pro, they're going to give you the business because I paid my ticket. Mm. So I came to see a show. Mm. So now this gets me into the space. NBA's in. 
NBA now. And so I remember, I remember, I remember the stories that you gave me when you broke down how all of you used to run to the, run to the tube when Dr. J was about to play. Right. When it was Dr. J's time and everybody's like, yo, Doc is on, Doc is on. Everybody running to the TV. Might be everybody all in one house <laughs> with the antenna making the watch and then going to see things. Um, you know, you're you're hearing the stories of Will and Bill Russell like live in action. And OG, did you get a chance to watch the rest of that series yet? I didn't. Not yet. Didn't. We'll the get Bill to Russell those. one? Yeah. Oh, you'll love it. I didn't see it yet. Oh, you'll love it. Yes. I, I can't wait to watch it again. Mm. I can't. I, I, I'm soon as I get back, I'm watching it again. Yeah. So let's start with let's start the with the basketball that got us here, right? Because mm-hmm. we say all the time we stand on the shoulders of our forefathers, right? Mm-hmm. They they made us giants because they went through all of that stuff. But for for basketball, because you know we often you see Gilbert Arenas talking about you know no way a Bob Cousy can stay in front of today's athlete. Right when they com- when they comparing the comparing this stuff, but talk about I think the biggest level between then and now is competitiveness, right? Um, especially at this stage because every game doesn't feel like it means much to to players. Um, and then just talk about the experience of the league and what it was during that time because I also the grassroots level was different. Everything was different. Street basketball was different. Mm-hmm. You know, the NBA players were playing outside and all those different type of things. Everything must change. Nothing stays the same. I mean, you, you can't take away from Bob Cousy. Bob Cousy was a bad dude. Back in those days, he was giving you trickery. I mean, he was really, really good, man. You you watch the documentary or you watch his history, and he was a winner. You know, so, you know, and then you keep evolving the sports with great players over time. Earl Monroe, Walt Frazier, you could keep name on and on. They were all competitive. And back in those days, they didn't have the technology they have today. Mm-hmm. They had the sneakers they, they had, had all today. The time. They didn't have all of that. They had these, right? There was yeah, they, I mean, no, real rap. You were playing in those things, those Converse, man. And they I, got more cushion now than they did then, I promise you. I, I had a pair of those. My, my brother gave me a pair of those for Christmas. The red that ones? My first ones. All black or the red? They were white. Oh. You had the real joy. Yeah. For Christmas. Uh-huh. I was wearing, um, what do you call them? It wasn't a nice name what I was wearing before that. Uh, Bobo. Bobos. I yeah. Bobos butter cookies. So I got my first pair of Converse. So, yeah. uh, and then you evolve and you get stuff. But the game evolves and um, guys were competitive back then. I think guys are competitive now. Really? I don't think we give a lot of credit to these guys for being credit. Now, they're different levels. Yeah. There's different levels to competitiveness. Don't get me wrong. We, we live in an era where a lot of the competition is the parents of the the fault of the parents and the coaches, where you're playing a league where everybody gets a trophy. Now, now I have a little issue with that yeah, one. Yeah, we don't do that one. You finish in eighth place, little Johnny gets a trophy. Well, you finish in eighth place, son. Yeah, yeah, you know. work on your game. Yeah. You know, when I grew up, you were in first place, you were in second place, you got a trophy. Maybe the third place got Maybe. a trophy. A little medal. Yeah, <laughs> after that, there were no trophies. And it wasn't bad, but it made you compete. So I think it's different levels. I think if we want to generalize and say this ever doesn't do that, I think that's wrong. I watched the game the other day. Those guys was competing, man. The um the Warriors and the Lakers were going at it. Yeah, but it's well, I would say it's this it's the second half of the season. Both of them fighting for their spot. Right. No, hold, so, don't get me wrong. I, you know, it's it's a look. Yeah, it's a little different. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
I, and then this is King you. This is yours because you always talk about this. It's the middle guys. Yeah. See, this is where you, you said the Lakers and the Warriors. Mm. The Warriors are championship caliber okay. team. Lakers okay. not too far removed from championship. Okay. And they know they got to get this to a they certain got to get to the. They they gotta gotta get to. Okay. So that might not be to, fair. To that even have a fair. chance that might for LeBron fair. to come okay. back. Okay. okay. So, so, but so think about, let's say the Hawks. And Minnesota. Is that going to be a competitive game every night? We know Anthony Edwards I, from I, Minnesota I, will bring it. I don't know if it, it. if it is, but I know it should be. It should and be, I yeah. know that each and every player, and they may not know this because they're young, um, they have a responsibility to play hard. Mm. And they don't know that they're blessed to be able to play. Right. Why? A lot of people wish they could play. They don't have a physical wherewithal to play. Yeah. And when you're young, you don't understand it. Let's call it like For it sure. Is, you know, but from a, now I'm a little bit more mature. I was like this, man, don't take that for granted, son. <sighs> Give it all you have while you can, whether it's, you know, the, the women or the men, just play as hard as you can and have fun. Yeah. So, so my, I think the biggest problem we have with, if you're, uh, if you're not satisfied with watching an average NBA game today, which I'm not, Mm -hmm. um, is not so much the players, because like you said, they're young. I'm saying management, ownership, coaching. And we all know that ownership and management control coaching. Because coaches would do a lot more if they could, but, you know, hands are tied behind the back. And, um, you know, the, the fact that from one to seven, eight, are secure with their money. They're secure that they, they're not held accountable and held to a certain standard in every, not every organization, you know, Spurs, you know, you got to play a certain way there. Um, but most of them, where are the problem? Mm -hmm. That's the ownership, management, the problem. Yeah. Because, you know, if you hold these guys accountable, they'll play hard. They'll play hard. Because they, they play hard in college to get to where they are now. Well, they used to. Because college is, college sports is different now. No, college gets after it. Well, I don't I don't know of any of the guys <laughs> that played in college because they most of them are there on rentals, right? Some of them are already guaranteed that they were going to go yeah, anywhere. But, but anyway, that's, but that's a small percentage. Most of them dudes they get after it because the one thing you know, a college guy can you know he might have a big nil deal, whatever. But the one thing that college player knows, I can never come back to college. Mm. So if I get a chance to get to the NCAA tournament. Yeah. Why not go for it? Yeah, true. I think I think the the biggest onus and the biggest issue starts at the grassroots because we talked about this before. Um, and I've seen I've been following Kendall Marshall's dad on, on Twitter, <laughs> Dennis Marshall. So it's funny to watch him talk about things, but he brings up good points to where, um, you know, the era I grew up in, it was you know, Boo Williams had his tournament. Um, it's Peach Jam, it's Jam Fest, it's all those different things. But it wasn't separated into sneaker leagues until you got to national. So, like, mm -hmm. in Vegas, we had the mm -hmm. Adidas event, right. Nike event, and then Florida, we'd have something. And then in late, Arizona started to have something. But it wasn't individual leagues to where people would jump from each team to go to this circuit, that circuit, that circuit. And then each circuit is ran completely different. And so the, the nature in which teams are growing – as far as players and how they're going places is different. People, they're flying anywhere. It's different. It's I, could, different. I, could, I could live in Vegas and play for a team out of D.C. 
And so, you know, that stuff is going a different way. I remember the first time I seen somebody get flown out. And, you know, that didn't happen often. You know, you hear KG talk about it and a couple people, but he's talking about actively people getting flown out to play on somebody's team just for a weekend and the stuff well, getting different. The, the rules, a lot depends on what rules and what states and things of that nature. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, I remember practicing, practices with Blue Devils and TakeOver were different. It would be all four or five age groups from 14 and under on up, all in one gym. Mm -hmm. Sweaty gym, just getting after it. And I'm sure TakeOver still probably does a lot of the same things, which is why they're the, the best AU program in the country. Keep Steven does Make sure I'm looking there for that. And so I think it starts there because you talk about a guy like Mikey Williams, who's been a different school. They People were upset that he didn't make the uh, McDonald's All-American game, but Bronny did. But he's been to a bunch of different schools. You're watching him play and you're looking at it like he's not giving it every night. He's not. He's playing on and off sometimes. He's doing his thing so, sometimes. But What school and, was he at? A lot. No, I can't me, finish. Just give me, just give me two. Uh, I think one North Carolina school that he's in now. But I can't remember the names. It's been different parts of the country. Though. He's somewhere in Cali, and then now he's in North Carolina. Right, but what I'm saying is, in general... Not Oak Hills or nothing like that. In terms of, the, on the college level, mm -hmm. most of the schools you go to, they got, they, the guys go, they get after it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because, you know, college coaches don't have the... They're not at one school as long as they used to be back in the day. We all know that. Yeah. They don't... the. Administration just players doesn't. don't dictate it in yeah. college. Yeah. Well, this is what I'm saying. So that's what the coaches do. That's why the transfer portal is so crazy, though, right. because those players are getting in and not cutting it, or because they're used to. All right, if you're not giving me what I want, I'm a bounce, and right. I'm gonna go somewhere right. else. But but what I'm all right. So I give you um, a particular person in, uh, that's at Providence now. Yeah, his all father right. played college with me. He started at an SEC school, then he went to. Um, an ACC school, mm -hmm. right? Now he's at the, in Providence. And um, everywhere he's been, he's had to play hard. And now even at Pro he's got to play even harder because Cooley doesn't play that. If you don't play hard, you, you don't play. And so the thing is, even though college coaches aren't at one spot 10 years, 15 years, 20 years like it was back in the day, mm -hmm. they make so much money that a college coach isn't going to come in, most of them, not all of them, mm -hmm. most of them are going to let you come in and just do whatever you want. Because if no matter whether the coach wins or not, he's still getting paid. But why are you transferring three times? You could have played hard at Florida. You could have played hard at that same for the whole time. But why are you transferring three times? For different reasons, though. But that's what I'm saying. It's, if, but that, but if the transfer portal is, what, 5,000, 30,000 right. kids? But you might have been at each school, but you were playing hard there. Yeah. Because you're trying to get to the league. But you might leave for a different reason. Kids leave for different reasons now because it's available to them. That's what I'm saying. And that's what I'm saying. That's kind of, we've talked about it. There's a process to win it. There's, there was something in the fact that, all right, I, I don't have nowhere else to go. I got to find a way to make this shit work right here. And I'm saying that the, the ability to just freely be like, oh, if this don't work, I can just bounce. And then everybody enables that as a young age. And right. it starts to become a habit. I'm saying that's where it but starts the, to get that sense of entitlement. But the gist of this conversation was the NBA players not playing hard all the time. Yeah. And part of that is showing up, right? If you transfer from Carolina to Duke, it's you that first day you're in, you're there, you going to practice. Yeah. You ain't oversleeping. For you're sure. going to practice. Your ass going to be... You're going to be out of there. You'll be going to your next school. Mm. So they play hard, but when they get to the pros yeah. and you get a guaranteed 
contract, that's a little different sometimes where you're like, no, no, Tibbs, Tibbs was on me a little bit yesterday. Yeah. Maybe I maybe I go in there and walk through a little bit today. So, you know, what can he do? Yeah, see, I I know the NBA, they talk about the, the NBA's got everything, right? Billion dollar things. I know for sure some of these organizations are going and looking back at those at Bam out of bio. They went back and looked at where he started from and what his grassroots was like, so they can be able to tell, like, when he gets here, he's going to continue to work. Even if they go to college and everybody has to wake up, that's still only eight months. I'm saying you playing AAU from, what, 14 on to whatever, it's four years of bad habits when they allow you to just bounce around. Because I look at the league now, and where is the league going to go? Because LeBron is on his way out, and KD and all those guys are in. Where is the next era of those guys that's going to hold it down? Huh? League is healthy. It is healthy. It is healthy. But even still here, kids don't know half the people in the NBA. They barely know Steph Curry. And that's some of them we're teaching them that. Not doing enough exposure. Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's another thing too, right? And that's when we get here. You have some young stars and you have some old stars. And I agree with you. That, that meant that some of the people didn't do their research. Mm. You know, because that goes back to culture. Any organization, you got to play hard. Yeah. You, know, you got to play hard. And then, you know, and that's to separate it from the transfer. I agree with you. That's a whole t different topic, the transfer portal. And I think a lot of that started with the, the AAU going from this program to that program. Because what scares me about it is, um, that's a heavy topic for me because I have a lot of opinions on it. I know, I know, I know, I know. But, we, but one thing that goes into next, because you say basketball is going to grow, and, and you were a big man. You say you average double-double, and I watched you work with E and, you know, transcend his game and Pops. I know Pops and Subansu can give you a lot of credit. <laughs> that, that cat would have came to TC. We would have been ranked national. Man, my basketball career would have been different. <laughs> uh, all, every, everybody got a what if, right? <laughs> right. But um, glad to see you doing better now. But um, what we do know is that the, the evolution of the big man, right, it was almost a, extinct to an extent. And we talk about it often to where the league is such a copycat league mm -hmm. um, because sometimes people get lazy with, with where they're going to go with stuff. But, you know, the last team to win a chip, um, before the Warriors got there was the Lakers and they won playing big, right? Even though the NBA was still big time on threes, they won with JaVale McGee, Braun, Dwight Howard, and Anthony Davis, right? And they're big, big guards, right? And so we always talk about how, yes, people want to spread the floor more and people want to get more shots up, play at a faster pace. But if you haven't beat... And if you put him on a block, he, yes, he has so much skill, you can allow him to go. But if you put him on a block for about 40% of his touches, that's going to change the entire pace of the game. Analytics can't always say exactly the type of impact a guy like Shaq would have in this era, even though it's a three-point shooting time. Like, you can't account for the type of foul trouble that you're going to put those guys in. You're not going to have enough bigs to go in and out to play against Shaq. Yeah, you might give up three on the other end because he can't guard the pick and roll. Mm -hmm. But you guys are going to be in a bonus early in the game checking this out. And so where does the league go? Where does basketball go to make sure that the big man still has a place? I think it continues to evolve because now you got the big man and then you have what type of big man? Do you mm. have the big heavy big man or you have the long, lanky, athletic big man? You got the kid out of France who they're projecting to be you know, number 
one or two in the draft. I call him. I call him the French cat. I don't say his name. Okay. I, I, I say they give the international yeah, guys too so much. So I think, and then we were talking earlier. You talk about. I'm happy that the big man is back because you know I'm a big guy, and and I, I appreciate the evolution of the game. I'm not going to be one of those guys back in the day. Now, that's not who I am. You know, I, I love the evolution. Um, however, my favorite shot in the game is the dunk shot. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I'm Every. happy to see when Joe, uh, when when MB he'll dominate. And even the Joker, we were talking about him. He's a different type of big guy, yeah. you know. And then you got that boy out in Phoenix now, shoots that high percentage. I don't, I'm not a fan of his. Aiden? I'm not a fan of his. I don't think he has, he he doesn't have a to be a big. You know, how you say you gotta be ugly. Huh? Right, you gotta be ugly. You gotta be ugly uh, down there. And it, what, say what I'm saying, <laughs> we good. Good looking, smooth, big guy. I take the, I take the to that totally. But what? Oh, you just want the old fashioned big bruiser? No, guy. I don't think he has a motor. I'm sitting here watching him. You don't think he has a motor? I don't think he has a motor. And I'm sitting there watching, and it, it's, it's the media because when they lost that finals to. Um, <laughs> to Milwaukee because mm-hmm. I remember the play that was vital because he was shooting a high percentage okay. until he got dunked on okay. until he in, until he couldn't get over the top and finish and points. I'm looking at him like the same thing I have with AD. AD, I'm, I've been on here a million times like killing AD because it's AD fault that LeBron is hurt because he's had to carry so much more, oh, right? There's a lot of AD there, stuff. Man. I feel bad for the guy because he's hurt, so I'm not going to go yeah. there. My thing is, the point about this is being hurt and being back on the court and playing. Let's yeah. Not, let's talk about that. I'm talking, when you're on the court, when you're on the court. When you're on the court, he I'm, does, he gives it to you. I'm saying AD is not consistent. And you talk about AD. Now, remember, AD went from everybody saying that he was the next league MVP. He was top three in the league. And he was better than Giannis, the Joker, and all of them. I didn't say that. Well, I, you didn't say I, it, I but just, you know the media did. I just think he's a... Okay, when you talk about big guys with the... Just go back to the topic of big guys. Types. I like 20 and 10 guys. Okay. And he's a 20, 10 guy. You know, I, I like to keep it simple. Now, one night I'm going to give you 30. Another night I'm going to give you 35. But when I put my sneakers on, I'm like that base guy, that pro that I told you about in Chicago. Here we go. I'm going to give it to you. In Detroit. I'm a- give AD it. is top 75, huh? Huh? They put him in the NBA top 75 all the time. He's been hurt all the time, Ryan. That's not fair. I, I got it. But when he has played, though, it's still not aggressive enough. You're talking about right now it is. If you, not healthy, you, man. You, he's not healthy. He looks healthy now. But last night you saw him against the Warriors. He's not healthy. It's different. He, they Coach, say he's fully healthy now. Coach, do you think that there were moments in his career where he could have played through certain certain little things? I don't know. I'm not in that locker room. I don't know his pain. pain. You know, I've been through pain. You know, it's easy to say that's when you're sitting on the outside, but you don't know what's happening because you don't know the level of pain. Now, I, now listen, I play hurt most of my career. Yeah. <laughs> right. Now, I believe in you got to play through pain. I believe in that. that that's, that's a mental and physical and, you know, to your heart how tough you are. But that's for each man to judge and each man's got to live with that. Yeah. I'm going to bring it back to Aiden, though. Because okay. DeAndre Aiden, everybody's going to say that um, if the, the Suns don't win a chip this year, it's a bust. And, you know, at the begin- before the KD trade, everybody was talking about how washed Chris Paul was. They were talking about oh, Chris Paul old and he doesn't have anything left in the tank. They were talking about Devin Booker is just a high-volume score, which is not true. And then they are talking about DeAndre Aiden to where he got his money. He didn't want to be in Phoenix. It's no good. Now it's a super team, right? But the thing is, I think they win based on the play of DeAndre Aiden because it doesn't matter where you drop Kevin Durant. It's 30. 
Yeah, yeah, I anyway, agree. That's what he does. Anyway, it's going to be 30. That's what I'm Devin Booker going to roll out the bed, and he going to give you 25 to 30 as yep, well. That's a no. And at the end of the game, Chris Paul going to make sure everybody makes the right play, and we don't turn it over so we get a shot up. And he's got to be healthy. He's got to be healthy. But that's why you ran KD and Cameron Payne is solid on the bench. So now he doesn't have to carry that much. He can take his time. Yep. But what, what changes all of that, though, OG? DeAndre Hayden. Okay. Well, because now nah, I'm saying you 20 and 10. I watched the game the other day. He just had six. And, and I'm watching him specifically. He's not hunting the ball. On rebounds, On after he set his screen, he's not set, sailing to get the ball back with Tim Hardaway Jr. on his back. I think I think he's solid, but he's not a go-getter. That's what that's what my he, thing is. He he doesn't have a he doesn't have that motor. Like if you think if you even rewind it back to college when you know they got the they got the infamous uh you know yeah. recorded phone call yeah. you know and the coach is saying like you know hey man we paying this dude ten stacks a month <laughs> and we you know we you know we getting mollywopped every week you know what I'm saying so he he just. He's a good talent, but he just doesn't have that. I hope he steps up. Yeah, that's what I think. Because you mentioned, yeah. you mentioned, we mentioned Joker, we mentioned Embiid, no, and, well, and we I mentioned don't Giannis. Those guys, because they, because they big. No, no, no. I, didn't, I hope he steps up. I, I hope he steps up. I think it'll yeah. be good for the league. Yeah, you know? but 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 that is we will, we do want to mention that the league is going good, but. right? But not with the bigs. And I be and the, and the reason I'm saying it is because outside of those three, you know, we're supposed to be talking about Cat from Minnesota, so we know he's. Up and down. Um, Capella from Atlanta can't do anything but catch lob. And but but Capella is Tyson Chandler, and a little bit, a little bit not as tough yeah, as right, I, right. But he, would you say you love overachievers? Uh, yeah, he does what he does. He does what he does. He he's going to run does. rim to rim. He's going to block shots. But outside of that, thirty. I won't teams, say I there's mean, an abundance of bigs. Right, that I don't the, say. No, no, no. That's, no, the, that's what we're talking about. There aren't. Yeah, I hold it. But there was less than that. So yeah. I'm happy to see. But are they that coming? Coming back. But are they coming? Well, is my question. Like that dude in Milwaukee. So who, who carrying the big man flag? That ain't well, bad. Well, I'm talking about underneath because that's where my concern is. Because I'm looking at like everybody's copycat. Right, whatever the NBA does, it it basically trickles down into the league. I mean, you see the three year, the third grade kids doing a gritty in the middle of games and stuff, right? So what I'm saying is, we we talked about this specifically. We brought you up as a topic to where, um, how are we going? How are the grassroots and developmental coach developing big men so that they can play in this new age system that oh, requires you to be highly skilled? But you still can implement them and let them play with their size. Because you can't teach size. So how do we still implement that and let them not be five out with handoffs and screens the whole time? No, you got to teach them. Right now, it's almost, even though they're big, it's still a it's becoming a positionless game. Mm -hmm. Whereas uh, everyone has to dribble past shoot. Before you would just say, don't dribble the ball, don't do that. You have to, if you can't dribble past shoot today as a big guy, you can't play in the league. It's hard. When you say dribble, though, where where is the where is the depends on where you are and who you are. Like okay. I don't need Joel to bring the ball up, but, but, but I need off. Joel to face up from twenty five feet. I'm not talking about giving the ball five feet from the basket. I need him to be creative wherever he is on the court. Mm -hmm. You have to be, you have to have a high level of skill today, and then on the defensive end, if you can't guard ball screens, you can't play in that league. Yeah. Like even if I give up something, even if Joel gives up something because I'm getting it back on the other end. But what he's going to give me also on the defensive end is he's still going to block those shots. For like, sure. You might get me on this action, but I'm going to come over weak side help and get it back. 
So, you know, it's all that's about coaching and situations and things of that nature. Uh, I think the bigs are coming, as, but coaches have to develop the bigs. Are you still teaching? Are your coaches in the NBA Academy in Africa, are they still teaching back to the basket moves? I do. That was something that we were talking about. Um, it was just funny you bring that up. Um, it was something that, you know, we getting, I like to, to agree to disagree, to debate. I'm, I'm open-minded with that. So with our coaches, uh, we were talking. They were like, well, yeah, we got to do this, that, and the other. So I was giving them leeway. You know, I was like, I want to say, well, listen, we're going to do this. I, I don't like to do that. Right. Because uh, sometimes I like to let things play out. So now when we get a kid who has a chance to be elite, and you throw him the ball on the block, and he doesn't know anything to do with it. I'm like this with the coaches. So what the heck are we doing? Yeah. Right, 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 right. You know, you still got to make a right-hand jump hook, left-hand jump hook up and under, things of that, yeah. and add on to the game. I want you to face up. I want you to shoot threes. Heck, we'll dribble. If what, My next channel, I told you this. Instead of the big guys doing GHOs to the guards, our organization, can we hand off to big guys? Mm-hmm. Because like that's where the game is evolving to. Right. But that goes to skill development, laboratory work, how much time you putting in there. You got to check all the boxes. Yeah. So so basically, man, we're okay then because we teach five out. Yeah. But we also make sure that our bigger players mm -hmm. understand when they got a mismatch and sit down. I think it's important. Yeah. yeah. And it's I, don't, a, I don't think you want to miss it. Yeah. And I think it's a different way to do post-entry now too. Mm -hmm. Because even with our five out action, let's say we run X to where we have five out and then we have the, the bigs on the wing spots and doing the down screen okay. so that they can come out. Now you can have your big coming in and doing the post without having to sit on the block and just sit and wait everybody. Yeah, so no, you got to have movement. Now everybody's in movement. You, movement. So you can be in five out and still get the ball into the post. And a lot of times it's easier because everybody doesn't guard screens well. They don't guard the off-ball screens well. Some people mix up on switches, and now you got a big that if you turn and you set a good screen and he sets it up, you catch it with two feet in the paint already, and you might catch it with a little on your back, mm -hmm. you know? So you guys here to hear from us. And so, man, I can't. Um, we got a couple more things on here before we head out, but I can't let this episode go without, um, without bringing this in. And Alisa actually sent me this. And so everybody already... Um, those the John Morant situations and things. Um, and so this is something from Jalen Rose. Oh, let me check this out here. I All right. I am John Morant. Like, you guys have got a chance to see me grow up for public consumption since 1991. And... I've been involved in drug raids. I've survived assassination attempts. I've been that undisciplined young person that was trying to figure out how to be famous, how to be successful, and how to change the dynamics of my family. The one thing that young people have to understand, and in John Morant's case, when you first get drafted, you go from being a member of the family a member of the crew, to being the leader, to being the breadwinner. And first and foremost, I hear a lot of people talking about like his family and his crew. When you the leader, it's on you because you end up searching that lifestyle. You end up wanting to be down. And what I had to learn 
is that people come into your life for four reasons. To add, subtract, multiply, or divide. You have to choose wisely. He has way too much to lose. Trust me, I've been that young player carrying a gun. And Will Bond alluded to this. When you start waiting. I can't hear you. So he got to his four reasons, right? He said people come into your life for four reasons. Let's multiply, divide, add, and subtract. And so let me put the headphones on there. What the reason why this is significant, because everybody's gonna have a lot of opinions on John Morant. Um get it out in the air. He's been wilding publicly for about a couple months, you know, and of course once you start doing one thing. <laughs> things just start rolling out. Um, and we talk about things often about how someone's life changes in that draft room immediately. And some people don't know you, because you go to college, because you're playing at Duke, because you're playing anywhere else, a lot of times you're still living in the same situation that they got you out of. But the next day when you get to walk on stage with David Stern and Adam Silver, and then that account hits, and it's like, oh man, I'm really, I'm really set for life three years, four years in, um, we talk about uh, how your life changed and the circle around you changed. And right now, just you guys being vets and leading youth, I think it's just pretty clear that John needs some guidance. Not necessarily mean everybody telling them, uh, you know, like, you're not this, you're not that. We don't know anybody. Uh, Lisa told me, everybody is pretending to be somebody. Right. Everybody's showing something. But this just brings me back to why we're sitting right here. I am who I am and where I am because of you guys. Um, Coach Vest, Coach Stevens, um, Coach Honore, a lot of guys in my life, black men, strong guys, basketball specifically, they gave me a lot of guidance and a lot of game. You you had John Chaney, you had Fang, for better or for worse. You had a lot of different people that were Coach here. Coach Williams, may rest in peace. Yeah, Coach Williams. You know, I also had Coach Thomas, can't forget that. Um, and we're in an era to where some of that stuff is not, um, we don't have the same type of black coalition of coaches and that can reach out there. And I look at Ja and I'm sitting there thinking, man, AI already did this. He already went through all this. He had to go through a lot of this, a lot, lot of court cases, a lot of situations, but he had John Thompson. He had John Thompson to stick his neck all the way out there, walking through the courtroom. You know, you've heard the stories of, of Alonzo Mourning and getting caught up in D.C. And, and Big John stepped out there and where he was able to help him. Um, and Stephen A. mentioned it specifically, said there are no more John Thompson and John Chaney. And so now we're in a space to where everybody is going to be Super judgmental. Everybody's calling him, yo, you're not gangster, you're not gangster, not that. We don't know nothing. We All we know is that what he's doing is not right, and we hope he gets some guidance for it. But um, I don't know if there's a reflection that you guys can have um, on just the importance of your circle um, well, and understanding your space. Just, just to, to piggyback a little bit on what you said about your situation, you know, having – um, Coach Roland, me, Coach Thomas, you know, Coach Vest, you know, that's great. Yeah. But more importantly, you had your mom. Big time. 
You know what I'm saying? Even even though she was a single parent, she was strong in what she did, and she led by example. Um, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned some of the guys that I, I was with, whatever. I had my stepfather later on in life, and he was not a basketball player whatsoever, but he was a he was a good father, a good man, and you know, and so even though I made a lot of mistakes, I still knew right from wrong and knew that that's not the path that he would have led me down. Mm-hmm. And so when you talk about John Morant, I think the biggest problem he may have right now is, of course, there's a lot of people saying yes in his circle, but he doesn't have that, that leadership by example. Because, and, yeah. I, and I say that, in, yeah. and maybe I'm completely wrong, but I'm just saying the optics of seeing your dad at every single game Cup in hand. Cup in hand, dressed the way he is, acting the way he is. Well, you can see why you can be led astray sometimes, you know? And I, I don't know the man. I'm just saying what the optics look like. Yeah, I mean, Stephen A. did say that. He said it loud. And we just <laughs> talked about Stephen because what we what we get is a, a lot of people, even even me sometimes, Stephen A. gets in my nerves because I think he's attacking Kyrie, right? And um, But when you listen to Stephen A. And for all of us that we are microwave people, we understand Stephen A. has been on the beat in Philly far before I was even born. And he really has always been advocating for for us yeah. and for us to grow. You understand that he always has our best interests at heart. And so when he says, look, T. Morant, we need you to be dad, not friend. And he always has more info on the back end than we ever will. That's true, because that that representation, that that path, that blueprint is important. Um, I don't have, after saying the statement, you know, the statement is one thing. I don't have a doubt that Morant will change. I don't have any doubt. And I'm not even going to give any of that to creep in my mind. I don't care about any, like 23, figuring it out. He's great for the lead. There's a lot of things that he's learning, but he's learning before eyes, I think, and I know he really is starting to understand how big those things are for him and where he's going to take the lead because he's he's special and we need him around. But but just for a message for in general, because he's a young guy and he's there's a lot of young guys that operate the way he does. <laughs> and so it's more so about getting a message out to the masses, like how that goes. So, Unc, what you think? It was hurtful. Because you root for guys, you know. I, I I like to see guys be successful and do well, and that way they can help others and people who watch them can aspire to do what they're doing. Back to what you were saying, Coach King. I don't know if he has people saying, "Yo, man, what are you doing?" And at the end of the day, whether that's your peers, like no one talks about LeBron and his peers. I think LeBron and his peers. I think they sit in the room and they go at it, <laughs> and they say, "Yo, man, don't mess it up." Right, right. You know, LeBron's he's he's human. He's we're all flawed. We're all flawed. Let's not sit here and say we're not flawed. We're all yeah, flawed. Come on, for man. sure. So this kid, he's you know, he's making some mistakes, but who's around him saying, dude, seriously, you coming out and you come yeah. on, man. You one of the faces of that league. Man, you might be the face later. Well, it, don't I think the league is so healthy? I like to say you don't have to be the face. Yeah, not anymore. That's, you know that what I mean? Anymore. It's good for let, let everybody get theirs. It's enough to go around. It was just I just hope he gets it. I, back to what you were saying, the mentorship is is important. Whether that's a, a older mentor or it's a, a peer 
that's your boy. I knew growing up in South Philly, some of my guys would say, yo, man, you know, you yeah. gotta step off. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yo, this game ain't go down. You you can't do this. You can't, you know? And, I see a lot of people yeah. talking about this is why they need more vets in locker rooms. You have to the, have vets in the locker yeah. room. You have to. Mm-hmm. The, the young people today, I think it's a great thing, social media, but then it's a challenging thing because um, now you're listening to people who don't know you. Hmm. You're looking at their opinions. They don't know you. You don't know them. <laughs> and your whole emotional state of being or what you're going to do next is based on something that you read. That's kind of, I don't want to say it's dangerous, but it could be challenging. For sure. For but sure. it's a new world order too now. I'm not going to be a dinosaur and say, oh, yeah. that's the way it is. It is. You just, that's the world we live in. It's, you had to learn how to f- sift through the streets. You got to navigate it. It's the same thing. You got to learn how to navigate this. I hope, I hope the around. young man gets it. It was, it was you know, it was... You know, I hate the fact that we've been talking about it. Yeah. I, the one thing is, is that nobody was hurt. And, mm-hmm. you know, nobody was hurt. And so there is room to get away from that. There is room to improve a, a, from a that. The key piece is, is he seeking counsel? Does he want help? So when you think you know everything, that's dangerous. Jalen Rose is one of the first guys I would call. I mean, Jalen's a bad dude. Anybody knows Jalen's history knows Jalen's a bad dude. Steven Jackson, all those guys reaching out and saying. Well, those guys were dudes, man. And, and he did in his statement, he did say, I'm going to go seek help. I'm going to go get help. I find better ways. And so we just want to see how it follows up. Mm-hmm. But but like I said, we all love AI for the love in the street and it's keeping it real to an extent. But we also saw him become an example. And that was there for us to learn from. Melo talks about it as well, too. And for my generation, and we look at Ja, we get a lot of that AI energy. And we love that. We love that. But we want you to give us that energy without you having to worry about Crew Thick and everybody else that he had around him on the outside. Right? And so, Ja, we got our support still here. Yeah, We know it's going to be all good. And so, Unk, man... The way we end every episode, um, the way we end every episode is the same way you end a game at the end of the game in the locker room, post-game wrap-ups. That's what we call them. And so with our post-game wrap-ups, whatever's been on our mind, whatever jewel you want to drop, maybe you saw a quote during the week, we just leave it for the folks. And so we're going to go last. We're going to let we gonna let King OG go, <laughs> give you some time to think about it. And so, and so King, post-game wrap-up, what we got? This one is uh, pertaining to... Uh, our league um, that we play every Sunday, you know, we got U10, U12, U14, U16 girls, U16 boys. And this is for our U10 um, co-ed team. Um, you know, we played eight games, uh, had a lot of a lot of downs, few ups, um, but we finished strong winning the last game. You know, and in, and in basketball, we always say you're only as good as your last game. You know, so we ended the season much stronger than we started. So that's positive in terms of going into the next season. So with that, you know, we don't sit down and be complacent. We start, we keep working harder to to keep this feeling of of giving 110%, you know, getting a chance to win and being successful as a team because that feeling, that that look on everybody's faces that I saw Sunday, is something that I want to see more of because that's going to inspire everybody to work harder mm. and be a little more, um, a little more competitive and a little more responsible towards each other in terms of coming to practice on time and working hard. Yeah, I mean that. Like we said, winning is a process, and at the end of that process, if you can taste the the sweetness of victory, 
Ooh, it becomes addicting. It becomes addicting. Um, and I think last week I talked, I ended it with winning as a process. The week before that, I talked about um, valuing your time and your loved ones, you know, and then here I am blessed to have, you know, my mom and bro just left. Just left. Just yeah. left. Um, my uncle gets to, and they got to see my wife for the first time. Uncle's going to get a chance to see Jamila. Um, and so when you have moments like this where things start to come full circle, um, remind yourself to enjoy the present, enjoy the now. Um, you know, as athletes, because we always have to be aware of the next goal, the next space. Once we hit this one, we got to be able to go to the next. We won this game. Now let's forget about that one. Let's get to the next. We don't get time to really relish in the moment and, and enjoy that. And so, you know, as a reminder that every day above ground is a good day. Every day above ground is a good day. And while you're there, cherish that moment. Cherish the present. Take it all in, the good, bad, and the ugly. Um, and that's going to shape you later as you move forward. Um, so that's what I'm ending it with here. And so triple OG, you know. Well, I don't know. This is a little curveball for me. First of all, <laughs> uh, this is a delight to be here with you guys, man. It's truly a blessing. I, I mean that sincerely. Uh, when it comes to basketball, teaching youth, a uh, quote that I use often, Nelson Mandela, uh, and I believe this, um, we all competitive and all of that. You At that age, you you, you never lose. Hmm. You either win or you learn. Hmm. Because look at all the games you done play. You done forgot most of them. But it's the lessons that you learn. Like I talked about that game with my man, Clarence Tillman. Well, it, that brought out a comp competitiveness in me that, that helped me. I'm saying that was the worst loss I had. That's a high school. Mm -hmm. I played 13 years. I coached. I, did, I mean, too many. And that game right. stands out in my mind more than anything. Um, the other thing that stands out, and this might be a little corny, but this is something I think about all the time. I think we live in a world where we all can do better. Hmm. Um, I don't care what your religion is. I, I think if you look through the holy books, you know, the Quran, the Bible, if you're Jewish, whatever, I don't care what your religion is, uh, they're all prophets. And the one thing that I've learned that um, a sermon that I heard that all the prophets were, they were all just human beings. They were all regular men and women, just like we are. Mm -hmm. So we have a conscious decision to make. How great can we be mm -hmm. individually? You know, And we all can kind of do that a little bit, knowing that we're flawed. I just think the world be a lot better. Yeah. You know? So I'm gonna leave on that note. Listen, mm. listen. That that's an important breakdown. And you know, we're heading into Ramadan soon, um, and it's almost a time where even all of us become more reflective because the air is just different around here. And it's always a reminder is that sometimes people compete for the wrong things. But what if we do compete to see who could just be the best person? Yeah. Like how how does that train the, or the best driver? Yeah, I was say that changes <laughs> that changes the way they drive around this for sure. Man, BTG Nation, here we are. As you guys have seen, we're taking it up a notch again. Um, we gotta say thank you to everybody that listens and everybody that watches. Um, you guys don't know what it means from just one person to now there's 50, 60 people that download every time we drop immediately, the hundred plus people that listen, the thousand people that are following us on socials, man, this is, this is something here that 
we just love to do. We appreciate you. And so BTG Nation, thank you guys. Um, we're going to keep working. You guys are making it worth it. Um, Uncle Ro, thank you for pulling up. Thank you for pulling up. Thank you for having you know. me in Dubai, baby. Yeah, you cut the ribbon on a new spot. I know the people are going to love it. Um, HMD, everybody in Dubai, who mountain that AE, who mountain um, DXB online. Follow us, like us, reach out. You guys know we talk back. Um, as always, keep it real, keep it simple, and keep going. Player and coach, the brother, the brother. They both got views that you need That's to discover. Got a good thing going here, Sports, man. current events, to just life talk. Whether you on a fast break or a nice walk, gotta tune in. You already know, G. This BTG Nation, and you one of the homies. Just tune in. You already know, G. BTG Nation, the other ones in the nosebleeds.